Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. <laughs> I think as the only black person whose descendants are from slaves, I think I might say a thing or two about slavery, if that's okay to the two white gentlemen in the room. And I swear I thought she was either going to reach across and slap him or throw her glass at him or something. I mentioned that I was hanging out with some Jewish folks that we went to Israel with. And, you know, he kind of leaned into me and softly said, you know, they stick together. And uh, I'm thinking, what kind of comment is that? I do believe that a lot of white people do feel that they need to take care of black people, which is horrible, which is horrible. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill. One. You got to have one. A nope. token black person? A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you first just to say thank you. You know, many times we come to you asking you for something or telling on somebody or telling all our troubles. But God, I just want to come today to say thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity this past weekend to hug my sister down in Charleston and just to look at her and knowing quite well that it didn't have to be that way, God. God, it could have been a funeral, but you blessed us and you kept us and you helped us. So now that her transplant and everything is going well, and we still continue, God, to bless the donor, the donor whose lungs are walking and working in my big sister's body. And I could just hug her and just told her how good it was just to see her back home again. And God, in the quiet moments of my mind, I'm just so happy that I didn't have to call my mother and tell her that my sister didn't survive the operating table, God. God, you're so good. You're so merciful. And just thank you for protecting my family. And again, God, we pray for the family of the donor who lost their life. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, I reinforce what uh, Odell said about his sister and the donor. Um, um, my wife and my daughter donated kidneys, so uh, we've been through that. And, uh, and Lord, uh, we're just so blessed that, uh, that we have people that are that giving and uh, understand that uh, they can save a life. Lord, uh, thank you for my friend Odell. Thank you for Bev and his family. Uh, thank you for bringing him into our life. Thank you for uh, bringing Chris Meadows into our life, our guest today. Uh, we're anxious to hear his story. Amen. 
Amen. Bill, 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 do you know how to do a drum roll? Uh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Hey, some exciting <laughs> news. Remember a couple weeks ago, we had a guest on by the name of Sandy Brady. Yeah. I, I know. And Sandy made a challenge to the good looking black guy. Do you remember what that challenge was, Bill? Yes. My wife told me about it because she did his diet and she, she says it works. Now, Bill, now you went on and said the four-letter word, but you're right. <laughs> Sandy Brady challenged me to call him up, so talk about losing weight. And in two weeks, Bill, the good-looking black guy has lost 14.5 pounds. So that's just in two weeks. Wow. So we, we, wow. We, we're trying to get it there. Of course, I'm not as good-looking as the guest today and all that. And never as good-looking as you, but, you know, I'm a little lighter, Bill. So y'all pray for me. Audience, you all pray for me. Because I need your prayers. Because we're doing pretty good right now, but it's just been two weeks. Congratulations. I noticed your your clothes looked a little baggy, so I, I was going to ask you about that. Well, Bill, chubby people always buy the next size up. So, you know, we got a strategy to that. So we always buy the next size up. Bill. Well, we never, you, never go that other way. Well, how about the belt loops? Did you move in one? I moved in three. I moved oh in three, gosh. man. So, you know, it is what it is. Still trying to get the stomach not to do the overloop of the belt loops, but we're working through all that. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting when you look at the way people look at you or don't look at you. And it's just funny. It's just funny because people compliment me like, hey, look like you gained a pound or so. And I, I mean, excuse me, you lost a pound or so. And you're losing weight. All those compliments you're starting to get are questions, probably instead of compliments. But I wonder when people look at you, and that's one of the things about our guests today, we started talking about looking, you know, we did a show a while back, Bill, about interracial couples and marriages. You remember that one? Oh, yeah, I do. Did you think we went deep enough on that? No, no, I didn't. I thought we just kind of pity patted around it. Uh, we did talk about it, but uh, uh, but we never had anybody that has actually done it. You haven't done it and I haven't done it. So we're, we're taking a look from a um, spectator, you know, there's a saying when when you're uh, in business, uh, you can you can be a player on the court or a player in the or, or a spectator in the stands, but you're both rooting for the score, right? Wow! And you're both involved, but the one on the floor is the only one that can make a change, that can only impact it. If I'm in the stands, I can scream and holler and root and root all I want, but I can't change the score. And today we've got somebody that's on the court. So we got it. We got a game changer, score changer on the court. We have my very own, my good friend, the good looking. Um, I would say the good looking black guy, but now the good looking <laughs> white guy with the tan, the Republican. Um, our good friend, GOP, Guilford County GOP, first vice chair, Chris Meadows himself. Chris, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? Doing great, Odell. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> Now, Chris, you heard our show and you said, wait a minute, Odell, wait a minute. I need to talk to you all. Tell us about that, that thought you had when you was hearing the show. Well, we're going back a few weeks, so I'm going to have to jog my own memory here. But um, the, the tagline on your Facebook post perked my interest. I don't listen to very many podcasts, but um, and I'm sorry, I don't listen to more of your podcasts, but um I listened to it and I have listened to a few, but not every single one. Anyway, I, I saw the tagline and went and decided to listen to it. And um, so your tagline caught me. Um, but I guess I was a little surprised that you didn't really talk about interracial marriages per se a whole lot. 
you talked about uh, how many black folks were in Billstown. Uh, or not. Yes. Zero, We're not, yeah. zero, zero, <laughs> except for one black guy. Uh, and um, Odell and I are going to go to Parma someday and we're going to double the population. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I thought um, maybe I was guessing that you were going to make it a controversial topic, but in my mind, it's not really a controversial topic. Um and and so I, I guess you really didn't dig into it very much, and um, and so fair, so we had fair. we had breakfast and we chatted about it and we chatted about all sorts of stuff that morning. But um, and then you invited me on, so here I am. Yeah, and you know one of the re- things that uh, when you sent us the email, uh, Odell and I talked about it, and I said, "Well, what do you, what do you want to do?" And he says, "Let's go eat, have dinner or lunch with them." And your response is. Odell, are you pying? And uh, he said, yes, I am. So he, he, I think he stepped up for that. And uh, the, uh, but more importantly, uh, you're, you have an interracial marriage and it's you, you were, you've been married how many years? Um, almost 25. June will be 25. Yeah. You've got to get that right. Your wife's going to be listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Uh, she might've turned it off by now, <laughs> but, uh, and you know, that goes way back when there was a lot of racial issues going on in the country. Well, you're talking about the mid nineties. So we started dating in uh, October, 1994. Okay. So we're 28 years almost into a relationship, almost 25 years of marriage. Wow. That's fantastic. uh, Where did you meet? Uh, We met out one evening uh, at a, local drinking establishment a bar oh okay uh, where one of our favorite bands was playing okay and in I, town yeah i went out with my buddies and she went out with her friends and we we met there I, my charming self decided to go introduce myself <laughs> she's a very oh, attractive she's very attractive what's her name wait a minute chris so, wait, wait a minute bill wait, wait a minute the good looking black guy just needs to say something excuse me so chris you go to a local watering hole to hear your best man and you see this beautiful black woman and you said you know what my charming self i'm going to go introduce myself to her uh, yeah basically although i don't think you know uh, see we're uh, we're not really a different generation odell you're just a few years older than me and you say yes. you you referred to her as a beautiful black woman and yes. i guess i just referred to her as a beautiful woman Got you. Okay. That, so, thank you. that makes sense. That makes uh, sense. Cause I do see color from time to time. So go ahead. So you saw a beautiful woman over there and you said, let me just go and ask her to dance or whatever. Well, uh, it was during a, uh, a band break. So I would ever introduce myself and you know, uh, what's that, um, uh, liquid, uh, beer. Yeah, beer, but uh, liquid courage. <laughs> liquid courage. Okay, yeah, I've had some of that. So, um, and, you know, I'm a charming guy to begin with, but sometimes I'm, I get more charming after a little liquid courage. <laughs> and so I started chatting with her, and um, she gave me her phone number, which she probably shouldn't have done. Yeah, but, that was. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, God gave me uh, um, the ability to remember numbers in a sequence. 
Oh, wow. She and, didn't even write it down. She just no, said it. No, to I didn't write it down. Yeah. She gave it to me. And so I didn't write it down. I remembered it. And when I called her the next day, she's, oh, my God, you remembered my number. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. That is impressive. So we went out uh, a few nights later, I guess. And um, I guess initially took it kind of slow, but uh, became uh, quite involved a few months later and um, got married in 1997. Wow. Is she from this area? Mm-hmm. Down in McLeansville. McLeansville. Leslie, you said her name mm-hmm. is. Okay. Yeah. Very good. What do you think, Odell? Um, I just want to know what what words he said. I, I just need to bottle that pickup line and just say, you know, <laughs> just the not that I need it, Bill, but I mean, you know, a Suavier, good looking guy walks over to a woman and say, just start talking, you know, and now all of a sudden. So what did your friends say when they saw you with this new interest? Well, um, there's a little bit more to the story in the sense that we all went to the same school. We all went to Greensboro Day School, even though I didn't know her at the time because I'm, I sort of robbed the cradle. She's several years younger than me. What so year were know. you, a senior at uh, the time? I, I was, oh, at the time we met? Yeah. Oh, I was out of college. Oh, yeah. And she, I think, was a senior in college. Okay. So, um, but when she started at Greensboro Day School, I had already graduated. Okay. So I didn't know her there. So what is the age difference? Four years. Four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine's 14. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's 12. I better check. Dory, check that. <laughs> and mine's uh, five months. So I don't know. <laughs> He's a baby. But anyway, she, uh, she knew who I was. I guess I had a reputation that stuck around after I oh, left. Oh, my goodness. And um, <laughs> also I have. Uh, an older sibling that went there and a younger sibling and my younger sister is a year older than her. So they were there at the same time yeah, and so knew they, each other. Very good. Very and she good. was also uh, at Greensboro day school at the time you could count how many black people were at the school on one hand. Yeah. Uh, maybe a hand and a half yeah. in the entire school. And um, so she was one of the few. Oh, that's, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the, uh, a lot of the day schools uh, have uh people of color because they can play a sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You notice that too. Yeah. Don't you agree, Odell? Oh, always. You know, we always say that um, uh, athletes, we go to certain schools so we can entertain the real students. When I think of the Dukes universities of the world and other schools like that, I said, you know, you get the premier athletes go there to entertain the real students. So that's kind of why it is. But, you know, it's interesting that when we start thinking about, uh, race. And to our guest's point, he said, don't really see it. However, I've seen people turn and look. Now I'm older to, to both of your degree. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not older than you, Bill, but you're still my, still my guy, but I'm older than Chris. So I've been places where folks would turn around and look, or in other cases, people would look at white grandparents. I'm assuming white grandparents with their um, black grandchild. And I don't see it as much in today's society. I see a lot of commercials, uh, commercials that's, um, Chris, what's the right term? I want to say interracial. I know that's not the right term. What's the right term I should say? Oh, I, I call ourselves interracial. Or, okay. Uh, and I, I guess my kids, because my wife, my wife is um, actually of mixed race, uh, her father was uh, white and Native American, and her mother is black or was black. I'm sorry, they both have passed. Um, 
you know, but their their story would have been probably more interesting than our story because they got married in 1970 and they were married wow. until um, my mother-in-law passed away. And then he passed away two years after that. But um, uh, so they, they probably had more looks and remarks than certainly we have had. Um, but I, I, interracial is the, the gotcha. term that I would refer to us. So do you all see what I see on commercials, interracial couples on commercials and stuff like that? Or maybe I'm just, I see it more than anybody else. It's almost like you buy a car and once you buy that car, you see the car everywhere, you know? And I just love the fact that they're there because I remember times someone as dark as I am wouldn't even be in a commercial. You know, it was all that whole skin complexion and how dark are you and just craziness. But it was reality in the South where I grew up in. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, as you all know. And it's been very interesting. So, Chris, do you ever had any crazy looks that you knew what that look was or not really? Oh, of course. Uh, but back to your commercial comment. Um, yes, there. it seems every commercial has an interracial couple in it. Um, and I, I noticed it. And that's that's a relatively new phenomenon, I think. I think it's within the last couple of years uh, that yes. you see so many which is fine by me. I, I you know, I, I tell Leslie that we were really the, the forerunners in this. I mean, we were, <laughs> you were living we 25 years yeah. ago, 27 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And, um, but yes, we, we have gotten, uh, you know, we still get looks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the 21st century and we well, should, she, she's probably wondering what this, what she, what this young girl's doing with this old guy. Well, I, that, and you know, what is that beautiful woman doing with that homely <laughs> old white guy? <laughs> There's oh, probably a lot of that. All, Odell and I have that same issue. <laughs> we go ahead. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, yes, we get looks um, from everybody. It's just normal. It's it's normal. I I think it's normal. You got a uh, because, funny story you can share with us of something that might have happened? Um, someone used the word um, token Caucasian uh, with me referring to something else they were on a basketball team or something they were the only white guy and um i said you know i know what he feels like <laughs> i've been to family functions my wife's family functions where i was the token caucasian uh plenty of them and um and i i get along with everybody i've had and i know it's uh kind of cliches oh i i got black friends well i've had black friends since i was you know four or five years old, really. And uh, some of them I'm still friends with just, mm. you know, I'm not friends with everybody that I've, I've met throughout my whole life. And when I knew as a kid, but, um, and, and, and maybe there's something in me that uh, I've, I've always been attracted to um, exotic, looking exotic looking yeah. uh, girls. My first girlfriend was uh, a Cuban girl in third grade. Wow. <laughs> And uh, there's a, a a mixed race girl uh, at Greensboro Day School that was close to me in age, and I was attracted to her. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me. Some people like blondes, <laughs> some people like redheads. You know, it just depends. It's interesting. You know, back to your comment of being the only white person in a family reunion or a family event. My son dated uh, is married to a black girl just lovely we you know just fantastic her name is portia and we just love portia well we've gotten invited to family events dory and i and and uh, our daughter elise k 
and Jessa. And uh, if we go, we, we're in the same situation you are. And I can remember the first couple of times it was awkward. And I, I don't think it was awkward because of the color, even though I, I could, it was obvious. Was it awkward because of the politics? It, it might've been awkward. But yeah. <laughs> in my situation, that's what is it, arguments about politics. Cause you're Republican else. and they're Democrats. Oh man, you so you were really going into uh, <laughs> to the the nest. Wait no. a minute, Bill. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Listen, <laughs> I've met his wife. She's she she is as tough as she is, beautiful and, and intellectual. When it comes to politics, she doesn't play. She is a hardcore conservative, and she's very conservative, but she's gracious with it. Remember, like when we were in Texas, no, in Nashville, the young lady stopped me and said, how can you be a Democrat and a Christian? Remember that yeah, young lady? Yeah, Bill? yeah, I do. I yeah. do. Now, now, Leslie hasn't hit me with that, but she don't play, man. So if if politics, then her and, you know, they were on the same team, you know, both of them was on the same team. Trust me. No, that's cool. Well, I, my 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 discomfort wasn't, you know, it didn't last long. It was because I didn't know anybody. It, you know, that was the odd thing. It's like when you walk in the room. And you don't know anybody, you go to a wedding, you don't know anybody except, you know, the person you're with. It's tough to make small chit chat. And uh, and they obviously knew each other and they were at a whole different level of communicating. And it was tough to break into that only because not because they didn't want us. It was more newness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we get to see them more and more, it, it changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, one thing that I. Again, we're in the 21st century, so race is, um, is means different things, different people in the sense of how people approach race. And a lot of people seem to forget or um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is uh, not include in their formula, if you will, um, culture. Um, so my, my father, my father grew up, um, I don't like to use the term poor, but economically challenged. And he grew up around people of all races and he was a military brat and, um, he, he welcomed my wife with open arms. Um, race didn't play a part in his, uh, considerations, I guess. Now my mother, um, grew up in a very affluent family and um, they were business owners and so forth. And, and frankly, the, the black folks around were, they worked for them. They were, whether it be a housekeeper or whatever, but she grew up in a small town in Eastern North Carolina and, and the black people were in the service industry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, from a cultural perspective, um, a lot of older folks think of black people not you know necessarily a different race but more a different uh working socioeconomic position Mm -hmm. and and i think my mother also felt that well they're going to have a hard time because their kids are going to be mixed race and so forth Uh, but she but that was early on Mm -hmm. and um uh I'm not going to tell my brothers about this because I think my wife is my mother's favorite daughter-in-law. <laughs> now. That's great. That's great. Now you speaking to children, did you, how'd your children, you know, be mixed race, any issues going to school or anything? 
uh, no, not not that I know of, not that they ever told us about actually until recently. Um, I say recently, a couple of years ago. Um, but my, they're both, um, I, I guess I have strong genes. So they, you know, the wintertime, they, they look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the summertime, they get darker than my wife. So <laughs> they're, they're on the color spectrum. Like yeah, they, they're covering up. Well, that might be the Indian in them too, if they're American Indian. <laughs> and, um, but never any issues until about two years ago, my daughter, um, oldest daughter told, told us about an incident when she was in high school, she was dating a, a white guy and, um, she, she hung out with an affluent group of people. Um, she went to page high school and, you know, we all live in general, the same area and so forth. But, um, one of her boyfriend's friends said something to the effect that, you know, she's black, don't you? And this kid knew he didn't care. You know, kids generally don't care, but I was really shocked to hear, to hear that because I know the parents, uh, I knew all the kids she hung out with. Everybody got seemed to get along all the time, but her boyfriend's friend in a private conversation when no one else was around said, well, you know, she's black, don't you? Yeah. And I thought, well, that's kind of crappy to say. Yeah. What does he mean it's by the that? the 21st yeah. century. Yeah. Is that- and uh, so anyway, I guess that's the only thing that I heard from my kids that um, would insinuate that there's some, there's an undercurrent of racism in, in some folks. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe that racism is, is taught. You're not born racist. Amen. So uh, you, you get that someone teaches you not to like someone for another uh, because they're another race. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was at a party one time and I was talking to some friends, Christian friends, uh, elders actually. And uh, um, I mentioned that I was hanging out with some Jewish folks that we went to Israel with. And, you know, he kind of leaned into me and softly said, you know, they stick together. <laughs> and and I, I'm thinking, what, what kind of comment is that? You know, why is that even necessary? Because I stick together with my friends. I stick together with Republicans. I stick together with Odell. It's not a negative thing, and uh, but it was made to come across that way. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at these people, and maybe he wasn't thinking. It just the first thing that popped into their head, but a little surprised at the comment from the person. Mm-hmm. The uh, Well, if someone was going to be date a different person of color, what would you give them advice on? That's, that's a tough one. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, we, we love who we love for whatever reason. That's powerful. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember, I don't know what day of the week it was or, but I remember the incident where I knew that I, I loved, I loved her and we were in Walmart. I was returning a cooler that I'd bought. We were heading to the beach and I said, I don't want this cooler that I just bought. I don't need it. So let's stop by Walmart and return it before we get on the highway. So we're sitting there in front of the customer service counter at Walmart. I have my cooler and my receipt and I'm going to get my money back. And um, 
we were not being waited on. The person behind the desk was going back and forth and getting a little bit frustrated. And so I look up at the customer service sign and I just read customer service like that real (laughs) slow. And Leslie started laughing uncontrollably. And uh, she has uh, an infectious laugh. And I was like, wow. It's like, it just hit me right there. And um, <laughs> and if you ever get her laughing, it, sometimes it's hard to get her to stop, um, especially if something really funny. But, uh, you know, did I know that we were going to get married and have kids and, you know, have family and, and be married for 25 years and, uh, and so forth. And now she's stuck with me. I don't know if she could get rid of me. Well, she probably doesn't want to train another one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to train. another one. Either. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, sometimes you just can't help it. Um, I, I'm kind of homely looking and she's attractive. So I, I better hold on a while. Longer. Yeah. You better stick around. You better <laughs> watch your P's and Q's so you don't get thrown out. Right. Yeah. And I'm no angel. I'm, uh, I'm tough to live with and I have my flaws. I know. Yeah. Well, that's plenty, a, plenty of them. Yeah. The, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's great that we recognize those, but, um, our flaws that is. And, uh, but if you really want to know your flaws, just ask your wife, right? And she can list them off. Yeah. We like usually, where do I start? You know. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know what advice I would have. You can't worry about what other people think or say about you. And I'm sure I'll put money on it. And I'm not a gambler, but I would put a lot of money on it that people have said negative things behind our back. Oh yeah. And um I think when we had breakfast, you'd ask me if we ever had any, you know, incidents. And so I, I, do we have time? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We're in good shape. So um, when we were dating, there used to be a Daryl's over there on church street near golden gate shopping center. Mm -hmm. And we went there for dinner one evening and um, there was a group of what I would refer to as a, rednecks you know for lack of a better term um and they were giving us some dirty looks and we were dating at the time and um almost to the point of being pretty uncomfortable and and we decided you know we ate fast put it that way yeah yeah no sense (laughs) poking the bears and um and then when we got when we uh we drove out west and got married in lake tahoe california and but we stopped in tennessee uh, for gas or something. And it was in the evening. We were close to where we were going to go to a hotel, but we gassed up and, um, we got some, some looks from a couple boys and, you know, maybe, uh, I didn't want to stick around there very long. Yeah. And, but only one negative thing has been said to our face in 25 years of marriage and uh, Odell's not going to like this, but it was from a white liberal, a liberal 
<laughs> okay, so you want me? You, you want to know what it was, Odell, or you want? Yes, to I want to change know what subjects. It was. I want to know what it was. You want to change subjects? Yes. No, I want I, to know what it was. And I like Odell, by the way, Bill. I, I like Odell. He's a nice guy. Yeah, so do I. I'm going to keep him around. Um, but sometimes I think he's got tunnel vision on some of this race, <laughs> race stuff and Democrat stuff. And I do. I do. You do. And, and you can yell at me later if you want to, yes. but, I'm a, but you're not going to like what I said. That's what I say. Go ahead, go ahead and say, go ahead and say, <laughs> Hey, why not? <laughs> but we were at a cocktail party. This was about five years ago, five, six years ago. And it was over in the star Mount neighborhood. All these folks. So high-end white people. Star, uh, Star Mount Country Club. It was not the club. It was at someone's house. But mm-hmm. these, all these folks were, are members there. And this guy, uh, I assume he's got a pretty good job. Um, he lives in a nice house over there in Star Mount and belongs to a country club. And um, maybe he had too many drinks. I don't know. But we, we were in a sort of a private conversation uh, me and Leslie and this this guy, his wife was out with some other folks on the patio or something. But uh, we were talking politics. I guess it was right before the 2016 election. And so a lot of talk about politics, you know, it was Trump and Clinton. And um, and he said something that I thought my wife was going to reach across the table and slap him or wring his neck. But he said, we Democrats, um, he was surprised that my wife was not a Democrat. And he said, that really surprises me because um, because you're you're black. And and she kind of gave him a funny look. <laughs> I think so. And um, he said, you know, we, we have to take care of black people because black people can't take care of themselves. Oh, my goodness. And I swear I thought she was going to jump across that. It was a, like a. An, an island in the kitchen. We were on opposite sides of the island, so to speak. And I swear, I thought she was either going to reach across and slap him or throw her glass at him or something. And I, I noticed that that did not sit well. I said, you know, let's, um, let's go outside and talk to so-and-so we haven't talked to him. Let's go, let's go outside. And I still don't think he ever realized what he said. And I thought that is just so that's the mindset of the white liberal Odell. That's not your mindset. I don't think, but that's the mindset of um, affluent white liberals. And, and I know you're right. politics, but that, no, that no. was probably the nastiest thing yeah. that has ever been said to our face. Wow. It, uh, well, you know, even if she wasn't black, that was a terrible thing to say. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a mindset. It was a mindset. No, no. The, uh, have you seen that person since? I have. She probably hasn't. Um, I'm the social one in the group. <laughs> she doesn't go out to social events as much as I do. Uh, and then, you know, being in politics, I, I go to a lot of events. Yeah. But um, I don't know if she's seen him again or not. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. at the cocktail party here and there. But <laughs> but anyway. So, you know, um First thing, let me say, Chris, thank you. I feel the way Leslie would have felt because one of the things that have taken me to the middle grounds and common ground and the fact that I am a very, very, very conservative, good-looking uh, Black Democrat is this. 
I do believe that a lot of white people who feel, you use the term liberal, uh, do feel that they need to take care of black people, which is horrible, which is horrible. Uh, when I endorsed Mark, Weicker, Mark Walker, a white Republican for Congress, and he won, people just went all, they just went ballistic on me. I mean, everywhere they were like, okay, why would you do that? Get Odell back in line. What's wrong with him? Doesn't he know his place? So those are insults. As a black Democrat, it, it was an insult for a white uh, liberal person who's a Democrat to tell me how I should think, how I should vote, who I should vote for. That's ridiculous. But I, I, I've never been told that to my face, but I felt that. I felt that. And it was like, why are you hanging out with Republican guys? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, just shut the whatever, whatever, whatever up, you know? So I understand. So I'm not bothered at all. You're just telling the truth because the truth is that I agree with a lot of what people say, but I disagree probably more. So I don't get invited to a lot of the, the, the special clubs. I don't get invited to join this group and that group and political people like, Odell, you a sellout, you this. No, I'm not no sellout. Ain't nobody paying me anything. I just refuse to allow other people to think for me. I'm an independent thinker, especially when it comes to politics and especially when it comes to considering my gorgeous black good looks. Bill? <laughs> I don't know how I can respond to after that. Holy cow. The, uh, well, Bill, you hang around with this black guy. I mean, what do they say? They see you this picture of you and this black guy all the time. I'm, I'm sure some whistle whisper campaigns about the black guy who hang out with you all the time because you know you know how all them black people are, Bill. You know how all them black people are. You yeah, got to watch them. They stay together. They hang together. <laughs> got to watch out for them. You know, it's, you know, I think uh, Chris is right. This is a learned trait. You're not born with the prejudice. It's somebody's put it in your brain and then you found it acceptable and you just started living your life that way and, and thinking that way. And, uh, you know, people can convince us some crazy things. Is mm -hmm. is we see even with Putin what he's doing in Ukraine, you know that they're they're doing it because they're trying to get rid of the Nazis and the president of the country is Jewish. And it's like, what the heck is all that about? <laughs> so you know it, but it's interesting. There, it's if you look at the prejudices there, it's all ethnic. Mm -hmm. It's not racial. You know, it's ethnic cleansing, and you go to Black Africa, it's still ethnic or tribal okay right so here we don't do tribal we do color in our country or whatever prejudice you have short hair long hair no hair you know whatever it is good looking good looking we're prejudiced against good looking rich white guys who have a gorgeous wife and we're just jealous bill we all je we all jealous of chris we all jealous of, we, we're jealous of chris Chris, quick question for you. How did your, how does it feel? I don't know. Where life, no, I mean, either we, you know, we just keep talking over him. Maybe he'll stop. <laughs> exactly. So, so Chris, here you are. Black Lives Matters came because this is national. What we talk about is national, international issues. Black Lives Matter showed up. And I wonder what that white left-wing liberal had to say about Black Lives Matters, because that's when you see that liberal crowd move way back over to the center and even into the conservative side, because like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because remember, if the statement was black people need us white folks to take care of them, 
that's almost like living on the plantation. So when now all of a sudden those black people who you're taking care of are out of control because they're marching up and down the streets and doing all this, how would you think the liberal crowd would feel then? Um, I don't know if they would refer to themselves as I would refer to them, but I would call them colossal hypocrites. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're going to retreat to um, their neighborhood. Um, but they're going to put out the BLM sign in their front wow. yard. Uh, you but, got it. You got you know it, Chris. What, You're telling the truth now. But you know what, Odell? And, and I, I'm not going to say any names uh, because I have friends across the spectrum, but um, political and racial spectrum. But you know what? None of these liberals at that little cocktail party that night hang out with any black people. None of them. Hmm. Wow. Uh, they don't invite them to dinner parties or cocktail parties. Um, we were invited because of uh, a good friend of mine hangs out with these folks who perhaps to be conservative. Um, but his wife is liberal. And, and I've known him since I was you know, 10, 12 years old. Um, known his wife since they were dating in, in the late 90s, I guess. And his wife, who is a liberal, has never, ever invited my wife out to have wine with the girls, out for lunch, out for coffee, out for a girls weekend. Never. Wow. Wow. And maybe that's because I'm outspoken and opinionated and doesn't want anything to do with me. My wife is not real opinionated out in public or outspoken. She keeps to herself her opinion to herself. But, um, you know, the, the hypocrisy, hypocrisy, excuse me, of uh, white liberals is astounding uh, well, I, when it I, comes to race relations. It's really it really is incredible how hypocritical white liberals are. Well, and I've got some Republican redneck friends that are in that spectrum, but just coming from a different angle. Mm -hmm. uh, when we were at our hunt camp, uh, they had Odell called me one time and he goes, Bill, do you see what's on the uh, UTV that we hunt with? I said, no. He says, uh, fuzzy dice in the shape of the rebel flag. And I had to go back and talk to him and say, do you know what that represents? And do you know about that? And, and they had no clue that it might offend somebody. And they had no clue how it was interpreted. They had a different interpretation. And I said, you know, I'm not saying yours is wrong or, or bad, but I think being considered somebody else is probably a higher uh, thing than, mm -hmm. than yourself. At least that's what scouting teaches us, you know, worry about the other person first before you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and you may disagree with that, but the, uh, you know, I was driving up to Richmond and you see these big Confederate flags up and I'm going, okay, what's the deal with this? Is it, you know, and I'd love to sit and talk with the person that is willing to spend probably a couple thousand dollars putting that flagpole up and putting that flag up right near the highway so everybody could see it. Uh, what is the message you're trying to provide? Is it, you know, you're proud of the South? I'm proud of the South. Uh, what is it? What is it? What is your viewpoint on that? On the flag? I, yeah, I just put you oh, on, boy, the spot, didn't put me on the spot, did Yeah, it? because being a black person, I think sometimes they have a different viewpoint for it. You're right. Um, so I, I really don't have an issue with the flag. Uh, I know I studied history. Um, 
I'm, I think I'm pretty well versed in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and where the flag, where that flag started is maybe not where it ended up. The design of the flag uh, started, it, you know, the cross is a Christian symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the design was from Scotland or something like that. So where it began was not necessarily where it ended up or where, where we think it ended up. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it's the sign of, of the South and the civil war, right. Uh, they're the Confederate army. And, um, and then there's the, the whole topic of, uh, we're really, we're getting off base here. But yeah. It's okay. <laughs> but it does, it is racial. It is racial. Well, it, it, it's tidy. racial in the sense that, um, the civil war, in the eyes of some were about states' rights mm-hmm. and some it was about slavery. Mm-hmm. But the fact is it was about the states to have, uh, to have the right to have slaves. So it was, yeah, states' rights. Yes. But states rights to have slaves. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I, I guess the flag doesn't bother me like it would some and, and my, it doesn't bother my wife. Cause we've talked about that. And, uh, I, I guess if someone wants to hang that flag on their property, have at it. Yeah, it, I'll tell you, and I'm going to try and find this. Uh, I was reading some uh, history of uh, Atlanta being taken and Sherman and uh, the the general at the time that was in Atlanta uh, started sending each other's uh, Sherman sent in a note saying, hey, surrender. We let your guys go and all that. And uh, the general that was in there uh, came back and uh, sent him a letter and back. And it wasn't, you know, and I, and I was struggling with why are we taking down all these statues? Okay. So I was, you know, it's history. Okay. It's just history until I read, until I read the statement and I'll see if I can find it. But uh, basically what, what the statement was that the lawyer, that the uh, general came back with was saying, um, that you northerners have taken over our, our property, taken over our farms, uh, taken over our property, which we own, the blacks, uh, who are not human beings, who don't have rights, who are uneducated, you know, and just went through this all, oh, man, just really making them like a piece of property. And I was like, and, and for this, we'll never forget. And, and I suddenly realized that that was the mentality of that general. Uh, he thought that it was property, and, and I suspect a lot of other people did. And and to me, it started out state rights. I totally agree. But I think in probably Lincoln's mind, it was more of human rights than it was state rights. Uh, and, you know, looking at the uh, – I, I watched uh, Benjamin Franklin on PBS, great documentary by Ken Burns. And uh, they talked about the struggle they had back then – bringing in the Southern states so they can do the declaration of independence stuff. Slavery was a big issue. And uh, Franklin wanted to eliminate, you know, over time slavery. And it became a big issue And the Southern states would not sign until that was no longer. And so he, he, as much as he didn't want to do it, uh, he decided to just push that issue off. As, a, as we say today, kick it down, kick the can down the way, let somebody else deal with it. And the way we dealt with it was a civil war that killed over 600,000 people. Uh 
and it's like, whoa. And there's still people fighting it. You know, my father-in-law, when I met him up in Richmond, and he heard I was from Cleveland, he says, ah, oh, from the state from the Northern aggression. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And then I realized he's still fighting the civil war. And he, they took me, they got a, they got an original Confederate flag. Uh, and they made sure that it was stuck in the attic someplace. They went and got it out and showed me. And, and I'm like, oh boy, I've got, and these are Christians, you know, and uh, strong Christians. It's just, it's kind of a mindset. Now they weren't prejudiced. Uh, as far as I know, they, they, it wasn't that issue. It was just they were still Southern pride. So, Odell, we're in the middle of something here. You want to jump in? <laughs> I think as the only black person who descendants are from slaves, I think I might say a thing or two about slavery, if that's okay to the two white gentlemen in the room. What do you think about that, guys? I think, I think you the, might have a perspective. There you go. The, the black Democrat and the two white Republicans. But let, from, let me first go and address the flag. Um, I despise the rebel battle flag when it's represented as superiority, white superior, white supremacy. Uh, for history, fine. Uh, but the flag that's really tricky is the Gatson flag. That's the yellow flag. Don't tread on me. That's kind of like the politically correct Gatson, I mean, Gatson rebel flag, because you have to watch that one, because that's one when people um, represents one thing. But deep down in their heart, they feel another thing. Now, when it comes to Black people, and Chris made a valid point, a lot of white people are okay with Black people, not all, but some, when Black people, quote unquote, stay in their place. And a lot of white people, not all, but some, feel that Black people should be of a servitude race. That, to Chris's point, hey, grew up with a lot of Black people, but they, in this small town, they were more servants. And they had a certain place. Uh, you're not uppity, you're not this, you're not that, all those type of things. And in a lot of cases, I meet white people and they're like, Odell, the biggest problem with black people are you all are living in the past. You all still talk about slavery. You all need to let that go. You all still talk about what white people did you all. You all should let that go. I guess that's going to be the same uh, conversation that the Jewish people has when it comes to the Holocaust and the people from uh, Ukraine's going to have when all this is over and said and done, it's going to be like, hey, you need to let that go because Russia did it in the past is in the past. But someone who came, who was part of the person, people who got persecuted and taken advantage of, guys, I could just tell you that stuff never goes away. And I know we all Christians, we love the Lord, but that stuff never goes away because it's lasting effects and it's mental psychologically, emotional, spiritual effects, because at one time I hated white people. I literally hated you, Chris. I hated you, Bill. And what, why? Because in my early life, every time I came in contact with white people, it always turned out negative, even when I was minding my own business. Walking through the neighborhood, white people threw rocks at us. Um, going to school, doing integration, white teachers would treat black people a certain way and everything else. So it's a, it's a, it's a realism, but at the same time, um, that's just my thoughts. So the flags are one thing, um, a lot of times in white people too, I'm sure, but a lot of times black people are treated differently. And when someone tells you in a nice way, you need to stay in your place. And it's like, what's my place? That's why I celebrate the first black U.S. Supreme Court justice. That's why I celebrate the first black female, I mean, black female Supreme Court justice. 
That's why I celebrate the first black female astronaut. And it's like, to your point, Chris, in 2022, we're still having the first black, the first black guys. Come on. How old is this country, Bill? And we're still dealing with the first black. Hmm. You're right. You know, I was just looking for that story so I could get a little better uh, wording on it than my memory, which is not as good. But I came across the uh, uh, Odell and I went to uh, the Union Union. I think it was Union House or something in Philadelphia. It was set up uh, to buy uh, uniforms for the uh, during the Civil War and armament. And uh, they had the podium that the Gettysburg Address came. It was just a small wooden thing. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, uh, when we went up, I wanted us to stand next to it and videotape on YouTube us reciting the Gettysburg Address. I thought it would be a great picture with that, with, with my best friend, who happens to be black. And good looking. So I just thought I'd read the first paragraph of this thing because it's kind of interesting. November 16th, 1863, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Skettyberg Address. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war testing whether the nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. You know, he wasn't talking about straight rights, state rights. He was talking about men being created equal. And, uh, and if the Confederate flag doesn't represent men being created equal, then I don't want to see it. If it, if it represents something other than men be in it, sometimes I don't think it does. You know, I get Southern pride, totally get that. I mean, NASCAR, barbecue, cheer wine. I mean, we got some great stuff. Uh, Krispy Kreme <laughs> and we really do. And, um, but, uh, so that, that is, it's a whole contentious issue that I'm sure in, you know, we talk about race, you know, you, you, and you and myself have kind of bridged that in our relationship, you and your fa- you, you being married and your family, me with my good friend Odell. And, uh, and, and I take it even one step further, I've become really good friends with the Jewish community. And part of that is, um, because we went to Israel with a bunch of them, but I, I look at how many Jewish people have crossed my path in, over the years in my life, and they're liberal. I mean, we had a discussion the other night uh, about prayer. You know that coach that's it's in the civil. Uh, they're going. We're going to have a podcast on this, but uh, prayer. It was a coach that would kneel at the center of the football field and just pray on his own, and they fired him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not right. It's not right, and so. You know, those are the kind of things that uh, I love talking about, and I, and I see the barriers breaking down, Chris. I really do. And I'm so glad you sent us that email. I really am. Uh, you know, we're using the term, and this is a national program and international. So when you say the term, we use the term liberal a lot. Let's define for our listening audience, what does liberal mean? And then I have another question about President Trump. But um Chris, what, what does liberal, define liberal for our audience, please? Well, in today's um, terminology, when it, as it relates to politics, um, I, I don't even know that uh, a liberal is really even a Democrat anymore. Uh, I mean, a Democrat. In, right. So the Democrats in power today 
are not Bill Clinton's Democrats. And I think we'll all agree with that. The the liberals um, are further left than what historically has been a Democrat party. And I'm not talking about 60 years ago, Democrats. I'm talking about 20 years ago, Democrats. So I would say the liberals are further left on the political spectrum than what maybe we think of as, as Democrats. Socialist. Is that the word you're looking well, for? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Socialist is maybe uh, too far. Maybe too far. So it's somewhere yeah, in between. See, um, liberals historically have been, in my view, would be socially liberal folks that maybe think that um, that maybe the pro pro-choice crowd, the um, uh, you know gay marriage crowd, but then they they've been um, inundated with the socialist crowd. And so the liberal now has a new meeting that is so far left that it's unreasonable to think. I, Odell, you're not a liberal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm black yeah. and I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat, no. but, but you're not a liberal. I put you I put you as a Bill Clinton Democrat. OK. And you is that a compliment? Well, I, I didn't like Bill Clinton, so I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a whack job, put it that way. I don't think okay. you are anyway. <laughs> okay. A whack job. I've heard that before. I heard that at the other place. Now, when I was at the um, National Convention, uh, Bill, what was it? NRB? Yep. National. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now, what people were telling me, because I, you know, I talked to everybody, they're like, I was saying, they said, I bet, they said, Odell, I could tell you're a Democrat because you're black, because you have on a mask, and I bet you look at C CNBC, too, or CNN, or something like that. I said, yeah, I do. And I said, well, do you look at Fox? Said, we don't look at Fox anymore. Fox is too this. And then I said, well, how about Newsmax? Nah, we don't look at Newsmax because Newsmax is too liberal. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So they told me some shows they looked at. So what's the, what's the right ring group really looking at if Fox is too liberal and Newsmax is too liberal. What's going on, man? And guess what? Do you think President Trump's going to be back on Twitter? But my first question first, Fox is too liberal? Newsmax is too liberal? Oh, I think you're probably referring to OAN, um, which I guess uh, may be a little further right than Fox and Newsmax. Um, I think you're right. I've watched them all. And OAN, they're not on our uh, dish anymore. They took them off. Yeah, they're all, they're not on Roku either or YouTube TV, yeah. which is what I use. But um, you know, I, I'm a pretty common sense kind of guy. Um, I, I try and figure out things myself. What what sounds reasonable, and what you hear on all these opinion networks is often not. So reasonable. you do a test tested for validity in your common well, sense, I mean, common, common sense, sense really. Yeah. And what's, yeah. what seems to be reasonable. And when you have uh, opinion talking heads uh, saying one thing on one network and something else on another network, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, or else you'll, you'll go crazy and you'll be one of the 10% extremists on the left or 10% extremists on the right, where in reality, America is the, 
maybe not 80%, but probably the 60% in the middle. So maybe you got 20 far left, 20 far right, and then 60 that are trying to be reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but sometimes, though, people come at me as a black guy and say, President Trump is racist. He hates black people. I don't I don't I don't believe that. Well, let me tell you what I believe about our former president. I don't think he's racist and hate black people. However, I do believe that he will play the race card or pit one race against each other, or to your point, uh, Chris, maybe one culture against another culture. I think he would do that, but I think deep down in his heart, do I think he is prejudiced and hate black people? I would say no. What's you all thought on our former president on how he handled the racial football? Well, I, I think the uh, football was created to make him look bad. Um, I, he's not, I, I don't know that you can give a real example of when he was racist about anything. And his wife is married to a Jewish guy and, and converted to Judaism, right? They're his raising daughter. His, his daughter. daughter. Yeah. And they're raising their children Jewish. So um, he's certainly not an anti-Semite. Uh, and I don't think he dislikes black people. Uh, it, does he pit cultures against each other? Yes, but I don't think they're race, no, racial I, cultures. I think they're actually, uh, you know, some of this far left nonsense that we see. Um, and that's another show altogether. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, the CRT stuff is nonsense. Some of the, you know, I don't want to make anyone but mad, but some of the transgender stuff is nonsense. Um, and so I think those are cultural issues. Um, and then you have some of the pro-life versus pro-choice folks. Um, and I think some of the pro-choice things are extreme. Some of the positions are so extreme, it's ridiculous. And, and again, we could talk about this all day, but Hillary Clinton lost the 2016 election in that last debate where she said it's okay for a woman to abort a child at 40 weeks. And Donald Trump said, 40 weeks? are you serious or something to that effect? Not verbatim, but he said, so it's okay to abort a child at 40 weeks. And basically she said, yes. And I think that's when she lost that election because Mm -hmm. that's an extreme position to take. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder about what are the positions she takes that are extreme besides that one. I mean, that's a, you know, it's interesting. You talk about Trump and being racist. I don't think he's racist. I don't think that's the case. I do think he has a management style that people aren't used to that may is definitely unorthodox. Okay. We had Mark Walker on here and he, he, I asked him, what's it like going to a meeting with him? You know, you and I've been in business meetings, Odell, and you know, there's a, a protocol, there's a way you get things done. And then you've also been in those meetings where they just go off the rails and you go, what are we doing here? And he said, well, if you go, if you got an hour meeting with him, which is unusual, the first 45 minutes, he talks about himself and about things. Mm -hmm. And then you've got 15 minutes to really try and bring your, your point there. But he says, I'll tell you in his favor, he makes a decision. He makes a decision, which, you know, you and I both get frustrated with some of these, these things like, well, why aren't we sending better arms to Ukraine when they're asking to fight? All they need is the weaponry and why, you know, why we drag our feet. Now I we're kicking in, but my goodness, it's been three months. <laughs> right. So, and, Hey, listen, and, and Trump, you know, he just, he doesn't know when to shut up. That's his problem. Amen. 
Yeah. He'd be president day if he knew when to shut up. He being quiet would have been a good thing for him. He should have. Just, well, up. wait a minute. He wait a minute. Shut up. Now, I don't know when to shut up. So let me say this. But you're not president. the president. There you go. That, for real? I thought I was. My bad. Okay. You're president smarter Trump. than the president. And you're better looking. Hey, well, no. Hey, listen, President Trump, I'm no fan of President Trump. Let me just say that. But I'm not not a fan for him because of the fact that he is a Republican. I have some Republican friends and some Democrat friends who hate the other side, no matter what. I have some Democratic friends that no matter what a President Trump could have done, it was wrong. It didn't matter. And President Trump did a lot of good things in the White House. I have some Republican friends who no matter what President Biden does is wrong. And I think, guys, that's the issue that we're going to have to deal with, because at the end of the day, and I love what you said, uh, Chris, that we love who we love. And at the end of the day, you know, it's a it's a play in Greensboro called uh, Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton. And one of the things that talks about being in the room, a lot of times when political deals are made in the room, things come back out looking kind of messy, you know, so being in the room makes a deal. So the Chris Meadows of the world, the Bill Goebbels, the Odell Cleveland's guys, we have to keep talking, Chris. We have to keep talking about the liberals, the conservatives. What's, what's, what's the opposite of liberals from the Republican side? What would be the opposite? I don't even know. What term do would one use? Well, in, in today's terms, I don't know that a conservative is the opposite of liberal because I think the liberal definition now is so far left. Now, conservatives... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I'm a small government guy. I want the government out of my way. The government gets in the way and ruins things more than it helps. Um, so I, I want the government out. That, that's what I think conservatism is. And you're into states' rights and city rights. Right. And Local I, people rule right. themselves. The federal government is way out of bounds. Uh, and the boundary was written into the Constitution, which is... Um, 234 years old or something, mm-hmm. I forget, 35 years old. Um, so the government needs to get smaller and to get out of our lives. And mm-hmm. um, it's just too big. And I mean, even the, the masking issues, that's a control tactic. Um, and making people get vaccinated with a, uh, an experimental vaccine, that's a control issue. And Odell sitting by himself, he's the kind of guy who drives down the road in the car by himself with his mask on. You see, you see my mask. I got my mask on. He put his mask on. Oh, he got you. Folks, I want you to know this is, this is a podcast about interracial marriages. (laughs) We've kind of made a left-hand turn, which we love. But it's funny, as you were saying all that, I said, man, we've come a long way in an hour. Listen, you got to give us your uh, your common ground because we got to close. Oh, common ground. Yeah. I, said, uh, um, I would say be reasonable and fair. And you can find common ground if you are fair to people mm. and you treat them in a reasonably uh, courteous manner. Um We'll never solve anything if we're always yelling at each other. Amen. Well said. Well said. And we've got a long way to go till we get that civil again. Used to be. We can get there. Odell, you want to say yeah, we're gonna have to have Chris Meadows on again, man, to talk about interracial marriages, man. We got to have him on tell to talk you what. about interracial marriages. I tell you what, I agree with you. Let's well, I think do it. we covered a lot. Man. Yeah, yeah. So, we did man. good. 
Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. This podcast is proudly sponsored by... Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.